Welcome to episode three of Punches from the Pods with myself, Tommy Watt. And as always, here with me is the Blonde Bomber, Ebony Bridges. How are you doing, Ebony? I'm good, thank you. Feeling good? Excellent. Um, as we touched on last week, you have a fight this weekend. Um, so you're in the, the very final stages of, uh, of your own training camp uh, and your weight cut. So, um, so today seems like the perfect time for us to have that as our main topic of the day. Um, you know, what goes into a fight camp? Um, you know, what fighters go through to make sure that they're ready for a fight and you know what what people do right what people do wrong um and yeah we'll see where where we go from yeah. there um so um so first of all um yeah how has this camp gone for you and has it been any different has there been anything you've learned from previous camps that you've introduced to this one um look i mean it's obviously it's been a little bit different because this is my first fight with as a pro with my um, original coach arnold baratelio so um there's a lot of different things that I'm learning um but you know obviously I, I was with Arnold um, when I first started boxing so it's kind of the same but different but I'm um, being a pro fight you know um it's definitely some of the stuff that he's teaching me and the stuff that we're going through especially the mindset and um mentally what we think when we're training and and all that is a bit different and um you know Arnold's pretty pretty strong and strict with that stuff so yeah it's good um and also I'm you know not dropping a great deal of weight because I'm I'm fighting up two weight classes to my natural, normal weight that I prefer to fight. So, you know, um, I still eat really well, but the nutrition's not as, I don't know, you know, like, I mean, it's a little bit different. Yeah. But still always eat healthy and, and all that, so. Yeah, so, I mean, um, that was one of the big things I wanted to talk about today is that, yeah, there is you know, a lot of fighters that, you know, maybe don't fight in the right weight category or, or maybe push themselves for, for various reasons to fight at, at different weights. Um, you know, I think in the women's it's often just to get a fight um, yeah, in the men's yeah. you know, I think we a lot of the time we see it particularly with younger fighters on the way up you know to get a size advantage yeah, um, size you know, we saw yeah. Canelo when he was younger particularly yeah. I know, he used to be able to put on like 23 25 pounds overnight yeah. um, and you know, just come in you know two three weight classes above yeah. um, so uh, we'll get on to that later on but look, from your side of things what do you find to be the, the hardest part of, of training for yourself um, look I mean Probably the, besides having to work <laughs> full time and train, I mean, um, maybe the hardest thing um, would be, you know, mentally always being very positive and um, keeping that, um, you know, self doubt and that negative, negative thought patterns out. You know, like if you have a bad spar or if you have a bad training session, to not dwell on it and, and sit on it and be like, oh, I'm shit <laughs> yeah. or whatever, you know, like. I mean, um, you got to just stay confident. You can't really be feeling like, um, you know, any kind of negative, you know. I'm always battling myself. I think one of my biggest biggest things is that, you know, your own worst enemy is yourself a lot of the times. Um, you know, you have to be, you do have to be critical and you have to do critique yourself, definitely. Um, if you don't and you just think that you know, there's nothing to fix and you're perfect and whatever, I don't think you're ever going to get really any better. But there's a big limit, um, you know, where you can't be constantly just Pick, picking at everything you're doing wrong you need to also acknowledge the stuff that you are doing right and the improvements that you are making um you know being a perfectionist i, t I do tend to um pull, pull myself apart a lot so you know that's something that arnel works with me a lot um so yeah like you know i'm confident but um yeah i think i definitely i i do have to make a conscious effort to go no ebony like it's it's cool like you know you mm. did this and you did that and you did that you know just because you did one thing don't 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 focus on that, you know? Yeah, and a training camp can be a long 
a long period yeah. as well you know eight to twelve weeks yeah often. definitely and, um yeah it's the first few weeks go quickly but by the time yeah. you get to the end they're dragging on and on yeah and well i mean you know the last week obviously like last week was my last week of full um hard training and you know you're at the end of the camp you know you've been in it for however many weeks you know eight to ten weeks or sometimes more sometimes a little bit less but you know that final week is like you're feeling you're most tired you know you your body does need that rest and you know you've worked it so hard that you're kind of like exhausted you know mentally physically um and i think that's kind of battling through that like we're just waiting for that peak you know you've got to peak for this week you don't want to be feeling fight ready a week two weeks ago you know you mm. do want to be peaking at the right time so you have to kind of, you know, take that into consideration as well, I think. And um, this week's been awesome. You know, Monday felt great, really, really sharp. Um, the best I've felt. So, you know, I'm really excited to coming into this. So, um, and yeah, like, the, like I said, the dieting's not, not crazy. Um, I'm still eating um, a lot of food. Um, I won't be doing any sauna or anything for this fight. Yeah. You know, um, generally I, I don't really, but I think... Um, you know, as a like, I've talked to a lot of fighters and you know, amateurs and professional fighters, and there is a little bit of difference between the two. You know, weight cutting, I believe. Mm. Um, you know, having the, the one day weigh in advantage. Or- yeah, so that yeah, that's something else that yeah, I was keen keen to get onto as well, and um, yeah, that's obviously one of the big differences to amateurs and pros is yeah. weighing in the day against weighing. It is, day but but a lot of like you know look i've been doing nutrition i've been doing sports nutrition for over 12 years so i look after a lot of different athletes um and obviously coming in more into the boxing now and getting a bit more word of mouth you know i have a lot more fighters coming to me and actually believing in the nutrition that we do um and that you should be doing as a, as a fighter i suppose because the misconception is of everything that you're reading here and see sometimes um of the pros and even back in the day and you see these mma weight cuts and stuff like this like it's just crazy and you got these amateur boxers out there that are just starting or even still been doing it for a couple of years and they still do this you know five kilo weight cut in a in a couple of days or even a week or sometimes more or you know leaving three kilos for the day of the fight guys you have to understand the difference is 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 as an amateur you're weighing in on the same day it doesn't work like that like you should not be cutting you know, three kilos on a day of a fight or a before or five kilos that week. Like, it's just... Well, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, you see, yeah, me, see me smiling. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah exactly what I, what I did. And I think the only, yeah, and the last time I did it was probably the, was the last time I fought just because it was such a horrendous experience. And um, yeah, that was mainly down to me being lazy rather than yeah. Yeah, the nutrition side. Well, my nutrition was probably yeah. awful as well. Um, and just left it too late. And yeah. you know, you just end up having to squeeze it out yeah. and squeeze it out and you think, yeah. oh, it'll be all right. And uh, it's not. It feels no, awful. Um, yeah, I remember sort of the, the first sort of as soon as the bell went, you went sort of bounce on my feet, and you just looked down and was yeah. like, "Oh, my legs are just yeah, like are lead." Um, <laughs> yeah. Like didn't want to move, and um, just had no strength, no yeah. no movement. It was an awful experience. So, um, yeah, I think particularly for those day weigh-ins, there's a yeah, you just should be fighting it a weight that you're comfortable at. Yeah, I mean, and I think maybe with the pros as well. And, yeah, look, I mean. I say it all the time to amateurs, and like I've I've been doing a lot of nutrition for um, some of the amateurs, the high level amateurs at the moment, and I mean, you know, the the nutrition that you need a couple more weeks. You can't just be leaving it to the last week, and that's the biggest problem. And because they're so used to doing that, they're like, oh, it's okay. I'll just like sit in a hot bath for a few hours, or I'll do the sauna, and I'll just skip and sweat and blah 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 because I've done it before and whatever, you know, and, and it works. But it's uh, yeah, it works to get the weight off, but. You know, it comes down to laziness. It also comes down to knowledge. I think they need to understand 
that you shouldn't be scared of food, don't be scared of carbs, and don't be scared of food. Food, you have to understand, you're fueling your body here with nutrition. You wouldn't go put E10 fuel in a Ferrari. You know, you put E10 fuel in a normal car and it spurts and plop, 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 like it doesn't go. Mm. You know, so how can you expect your body to be running off fumes or running off shit food? Like, you know, like what, a couple of weeks before your fight, you know you have a fight, especially like when you have you know, like a, a nationals or, or state titles and stuff, you know when these fights are on. You should be preparing for that, you know, beforehand. You know, like knowing a couple of weeks out, start cleaning up your diet and eating the right foods and a lot, a lot of the foods, you know. Um, it's more about food choices as well and staying obviously disciplined and choosing food that's not going to be, that's not going to help you. What's the point of eating it? Because mm. you're at a time when you need energy. Yeah, you need most. energy. You need to think about performance. You know, and if you're eating the right foods, you're going to be able to lose, you're going to be able to eat a lot. Like all of my clients, they, they, once I've done diets for them, they're like, wow, I can't believe I've literally been starving myself for this whole time. Like sometimes they starve themselves for four weeks out. What, they starve themselves Monday to Friday. Then they go out eat on the weekend because they're starving themselves. So they need to then binge. And then they're back to square run. It's a cycle. And then they're in the last week to their fight. And they still got five kilos to lose. Mm. You know, whereas if you're fueling your body properly with the right food, your body doesn't crave as bad foods and you're eating all the time, you got the energy, you know, and then when it comes to the wake up the final week, it's very basic. And you shouldn't be having to sauna. And I never once in my life have I saunaed in, as an amateur, like, because I've had to. I did, a, I did it once because I'm actually, I hate the sauna. I'm like, I'm going to do it for my mind. I'm going to do sit try and do 10 minutes in the sauna because I, I hate it and I, I'd last like five minutes. I mean, and as an amateur, you shouldn't have to be doing that, mm. really. You should be fighting closer to your fight weight. If you're having to drop 10, 15 kilos, man, you're in the wrong division. If you're no, having to I, drop- I was just fat. Yeah, you know, but still <laughs> like, I mean, you shouldn't be, you know, you got to work your way down there, like, or you got to diet properly and get closer to the weight you need to be or sit around the weight you're fighting. Mm. Like, I do believe as a, as a pro, it's different. You do need- to have a bit of a weight advantage, you need, do need to put weight back on. So I do believe... Well, do you think there's any um, credence or what are your thoughts on the governing bodies that you know, try and reduce the weight cutting that we see? You know, the, the IBF obviously have your 30-day yeah. um, weights and your 10-day 10, 10 weights as well. Oh, I think. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so they have to be within certain parameters yeah. before then. Now, and obviously, also, people cut to make those weights on the yeah, days to try and treat those yeah, systems. Yeah, of course. But it does to a certain extent take away that drastic last week where they you know try and shed everything yeah and you also um the the um, agreements of how much weight you can put back on after mm. the weigh-ins i think that's that's kind of good in a way as well yeah um but look the thing is about the, the professionals and i mean like you said before like obviously girls we go up and down in weights a lot more tend to be a lot more than men because we're trying to find opponents the, the pool's smaller so sometimes we just have to suck it up and drop lighter or go heavier just because to get a, get a fight. Mm. But in the men's, like there's enough people out there to fight in the right, right category. But I do believe um, that you should still um, cut with like dehydrating and sauna as, as a professional because you, you still do, you don't want to be dieting down and losing all the fat and being right on weight. And then you go eat and then put the, don't put hardly any weight back on, but then your opponent's going to put 10 kilos back on. You know, like you do, you do need to understand that. But then is that why we need to have measures in place whereby neither fighter can go and put on the 10 kilos so yeah. you're in a situation where you're everyone's fighting in their own way yeah, well, and maybe we see a lot of people move up yeah well i mean if it was a consistent thing between all the bodies that okay this is the law that you can only put on a certain percentage of your fight weight like whatever mm. it may be you know like you can only put that much percent back on 
and that's the limit. It's, that's, that's the law. So everyone is is fighting exactly the same. It's not like someone comes in and then like just drops, you know, a shitload of weight and goes puts twenty pounds back on, twenty five pounds mm. back on the next day or whatever. You know, like it, I think if it was very consistent. But if your opponent's gonna go and and do it because they probably will and go and put that weight on, say you, you're fighting it whatever it may be, like as you know, sixty nine, like a will to weight. And then you go and get back up to 75, 76 kilos, mm. you know, but you only have put on maybe two, three kilos. There's going to be a weight advantage. Yeah. You know, and there is. So, I mean, and if you, and if you diet down completely, it'd be like fighting at your walk around weight. So it's, it's really doing it smart. And I do, I do believe that in the pros, there needs to be a restriction on the rebound weight because people just do it like mm. i mean you're right like they cut ridiculous well the thing is as as with all things boxing you know we see yeah fighters will do whatever they can to get any kind you, of advantage yeah, yeah. Oh, that's not to say there's cheating it's the yeah, it's within the rules 100%. but it's yeah it's it part of the game you need it is definitely part of the game you need to get some kind of advantage i mean there's so many different things that they try but i know obviously weight's very very common you know one thing i've i've always felt and you may have seen it less now we'll, we'll talk about it later we talk about his latest fight. Um, but one thing I've always found with Golovkin is he doesn't seem to drain a bit massively for his fights no. or put on loads of weight. And I think that's always been maybe a cornerstone of particularly his strength and yeah. you know, his durability has been that he his body hasn't been through that the week before a fight. So he's fresh and yeah, definitely. strong. And, yeah. and you know, there is, maybe there is credence to maybe, you know, giving away a kilo or two to, to not put yourself through oh, that. Of course, I, I totally agree. Like, honestly, it's, it's not worth getting those extra few kilos if you're going to feel like absolute rubbish and then say in the pros by the fourth fifth round you're, you're dead your legs are dead mm. because you cut so much there is no way that you can actually feel good after doing a weight cut like that then piling all the weight back on it's all fluid weight like your legs are going to be heavy like you're probably going to have swollen oh, I ankles me- like, i remember <laughs> my fingers being the ends fingers of my puffy, fingers yeah. were really fat and they felt tingly exactly it's a very just a very bizarre experience yeah, like, <laughs> not what you want before you go out and have a fight no obviously. definitely and it's true you know like uh, the rebound effect that you get from that like it's it's not healthy you know like there's there's no way that you're going to feel feel great in doing that and i think it like i said it comes down to knowledge as well um, obviously the top pros, I would hopefully you would think that they have good nutrition advice, but it's also this, um, thing that's been going on for a hundred years with, with boxing. Like that's how you cut weight. It's what we see. It's what beginners see. Mm. That's what they hear about. You see these, like, you know, UFC weight cuts and I don't know why they, they do the weight cuts the way they do. I've seen some videos and they're horrific. And I think it's because maybe they don't have as many weight divisions or something. But yeah, I've seen well, that I one with the that girl. Is it. So people are really killing themselves so to get really one, kill one division below. Where there's, and, yeah, in boxing, obviously, you only have to drop a few pounds to drop yeah. the weight division. And I mean, people share these videos. And like, I know, obviously, it's, it's as a nutritionist, it's cringeworthy to see that. Like, I'm like, why are you doing it? And it's not, it's not like we all comment and we all say that is so bad. But... Then you get these novices going, well, well, that person did it. I, I can't remember who the fighter, but say, for example, you see Conor McGregor doing something like that. Luckily, he doesn't, but, you know, or I think it's Cyborg or one of those. They're doing it. And then you sit there and you think, well, if they're doing it and they can do it, that must be okay. And it's okay because they're professionals. And if they're fighting like that and they feel good and mm. blah, blah. But I'm sure these guys are getting IV drips and, and all these kind of things after doing that kind of depletion. Like, yeah. You know, it's, it's not as simple. Really? And then you've got these yeah. amateur boxers that don't that do it. 
but they weighing in on the same day. Like it's just physiologically, your body does not fill fill up like that. You got you, you yeah. don't refuel yeah, that fast. Absolutely doesn't. Um, anyone thinking about doing it? <laughs> take it don't from do someone it. who's done it. Don't do <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, it doesn't work. I mean, yeah, like uh, I just couldn't fathom, and especially being knowing um, about nutrition and having so much experience in it, and knowing how important food is to the body. Like it's just it's really cringeworthy, and I just think if every if only everyone knew and had the education and have actually experienced a proper nutrition plan leading into a fight, a proper a proper um, weight cut and a proper refill, not just to go okay I've cut, I've done it now and let's go smash lollies and chocolates and shit food you yeah. know just before you fight. I mean I, I wish everyone could experience that so they can actually really understand the the importance of good nutrition yeah and what i mean what would be obviously every fight plan for everyone's different yeah people, definitely losing weight putting on weight course, maintaining 100%. weight whatever it is but what would you be what would you say your your biggest tips or or biggest things to avoid for anyone who's looking to you know maybe change their diet you know pre-camp during camp yeah so i mean look something to definitely avoid is um starving yourself and not and to be scared of carbs you know you need to what you really need to do is you need to plan plan your weight cut you need to be losing like you know one kilo a week is, is pretty good so if you've got five you in the first week you maybe will lose because you start eating clean you'll lose like maybe two kilos and then you should be planning to lose one kilo a week after that and then the last week maybe two kilos max like you know um again it depends on your weight this is let's say for amateurs as pros like I said before, you want to be able to, some pros, you want to cut like maybe three, two, three kilos of water the day before. So you can leave like four kilos in that last week, something like this. But again, like I said, the ratio is very different depending on your weight. Like if you're a flyweight compared to a, you know, a, a, yeah, a, a cruiserweight, it's, it's going to be a little bit different. But I think the key here is what people need to know is don't be scared of carbs. You're fucking training twice a day, like, you know, sometimes three times a day, high intensity workouts. You're not just going for a walk. These workouts, these high intensity workouts, they need carbs, they need sugar to fuel you. That's what fuels that kind of that kind of energy and that kind of expenditure is sugars, is carbs. So to be thinking that you're gonna put on weight from eating carbs when you're training that much, like it's just ridiculous, you mm. know? But you need to make the right carb decisions. You can't be going out and just eating lollies and, ca- and cakes Pizza. and stuff. You know, I, I, as a, you know, my biggest tip is eating low GI, so slow-release carbs, you know, um, such as your oats, your sweet potato, your brown rice, your basmati rice, you know, spread it out over, over your meals, you know, if having five meals a day or four meals a day and leading into your training, you know, after training, you don't need carbs anymore, but you need to fuel your workout. And if you're eating clean food, you know, clean, clean meats, clean carbs, then you can eat a lot of it because it doesn't have all these additives. It doesn't have all these, these salt and these additives and preservatives and, and sugars and sauces that are just a waste of a waste of calories or a waste of you know um, weight holding, you know. So I think that's really that's that would be my biggest tips. Um, and drinking water all the way through camp, like you need to smash water. Like some people don't drink enough water, you know. They're drinking one two liters of water, not even into their camp, and then when they go to dehydrate, what are they going to dehydrate from? They're yeah. already dehydrated, or they load up to like nine ten liters. Man, those, that's that's old school. That that drinking and flooding your body and doing those those water loads like that's you know that's that's you don't need to do that if you're drinking about four liters of water a day anyways you know three to four liters, as an athlete who's training two three times a day you know you you shouldn't really have to load up that much to then cut you just taper off and you just cut it mm. if you want to do a water cut you know so that's a lot of mistakes that i say and in that last week you're tapering you don't need that many carbs 
So pull back on the carbs a little bit. You're tapering anyway, so you don't really need to fuel. So you know that last week you should be like eating just enough to like for your brain power and you know get you through enough um, enough glycogen and stuff, and um, but not going overboard because you're not as training as hard. You and know? then what carb up the day carb of up, the yeah, fight? Yeah, yeah, the day of the fight. You know, eat, eat your simple sugars. Um, you know, muesli's, um, fruits, and things like this. Um, I do think also the biggest mistake people do is um, like keto diets or get some of their bodybuilder friends to give them a bodybuilding diet. Like it's, I see this and it's full of fats and full of protein and like n no carbs. I mean, what the hell? You're, you're not sitting in the gym pumping a, a set of weights like, mm. and not, not puffing out. Like you're, you're exerting a lot of energy. You know, you need carbs to fuel that. Like it's, read it, <laughs> what, 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 what it takes, yeah. you know? Like you, you really need to think about what is in the food, what energy sources you need, and then go from there. It's all about fueling your body and your performance. And you can do that eating a lot of food as long as it's clean. You know, like you're not gonna go and eat carbs, like a bowl of pasta, bolognese, which is full of sauce and oils and salts and- Good stuff. Your starch, yeah, starchy, starchy carbs, which take ages to break down. You wanna be thinking about food that's easily metabolized. Your body doesn't have to go into overtime to break down and sort of break down all the fats to get the energy out. It wants to be readily available, you know, so. Yeah. I mean, we can talk I think... all day about nutrition. Um, hit me up if you need any advice, but yeah, um, no, honestly, like um, yeah, that's the biggest mistakes and the best advice I can give. Um, don't drink alcohol and don't smoke cigarettes as well. Um, <laughs> yeah, all the good stuff. I think that's, um, yeah, aside from my absolute disdain for running, I think the, the dieting and, and uh, yeah, not partying and doing stuff like that was the hardest, the hardest thing for part, me. I yeah. love, I love the sparring and, and the yes. fighting aspects of of training, but yeah, yeah the, the discipline it's was true. there. What I couldn't do, and that was, well, and I think that's where that's what separates a lot of fighters. It's and, discipline. Yeah, I, I have to say it is discipline, one hundred percent. I mean, you can't just be disciplined Monday to Friday. You have to be. Disciplined. I, can, I could barely yeah. do that. Yeah, right. <laughs> you have to be disciplined every single day. You know, like how bad do you want it? That's why I say to my clients, I go, how bad do you want it? You know, like do you want to be, do you want to separate yourself from us? Because I'm telling you right now, your opponent probably doesn't have this, doesn't have the luxury of having someone with this um, nutritional knowledge that you can take on board. Mm. You know, and you need to have, um, you need to be prepared. You need to be organized, like anything. You know, you, and I call it the six P's: prior preparation prevents piss poor performance. Yeah. Okay. And um, and would you say that um, you know, people struggle with discipline more than anything else? Definitely, especially when it comes to nutrition. Cause you gotta, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of lucky. People like food. Yeah, they like food. And food, food is, everything is revolved around food. Like you wanna meet up with your mates, oh, let's go for, for lunch, let's go for dinner, let's go um, for a coffee, or hey. Um, or, a drink, or a beer. Or a drink or a beer, or hey, let's go to the movies. Oh damn, let's eat some popcorn. Like, you know, everything that you do is food. You smell it, you see it, everyone's eating food around you. And I, get, and I do get that, like I was a, like a, you know, I was a bodybuilder for eight years. So for me, I mean, it's a little bit easier for me because as a bodybuilder, like it's nothing, the, the diet for fighting is so much easier, I say. So, I mean, when anyone complains, I always think men try doing a bodybuilding diet for six months instead of a fighter diet for four weeks or five mm. weeks leading into a fight. I mean, I always eat healthy anyways, but the strictness is really those last couple of weeks. But um, yeah, like it's definitely, it's, it's very hard. It's like, our food's like a drug. You know, so when you don't get it and you can't have it, it's it's very hard. Mm. But if you're giving yourself the right nutrition to help help feeding, so you're not really that hungry and you're not really you're not actually lacking any nutrients, then you shouldn't be craving too bad. It's more a less of the discipline of I just want it. It's not because your body needs it. 
It's like, I just want it because, you know, it's there in front of me or I'm bored or, or whatever it may be. But say the people that don't eat like the right foods and they're just starving themselves, they're binging and their craving is worse because their body's restricted. Shouting out the body, the body's The body needs certain nutrients that you're not getting because you're just living on a shake diet mm. <laughs> or fucking celery. Like yeah. what the hell? <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean? That's no fun for anyone. Yeah, no. So, I mean, yeah, discipline is another thing, but it all that all comes down to your mindset, you know, and, and discipline is very is a very mental thing. So if you can have discipline with your training and you want to be the best you can be, then, you know, the nutrition is, is just as important. You know, it doesn't take just one thing, kind of yeah. sharpen the gym. And now, uh, so. yeah, on, on that discipline, and, you know, especially when you're coming up to the, the fight, those final few weeks are the, yeah. the toughest. Definitely. What, um, you know, what would you say are you looking forward to the most when you get out of camp? What's the first sort of cheap meal you have or yeah, what's the first thing you do that you wouldn't do in camp um a big mac <laughs> yeah, it's always a mcdonald's it's i love a McDonald's. big mac mcdonald's yeah no um probably that no i, I do so the symbol of like bad health. yeah fuck yeah like I, I you know i'm not gonna bullshit and say like i don't like maccas i mean i love mcdonald's but um I don't eat it because it generally does make me sick. Like, I mean, I don't feel good when I eat it. I try and avoid any food that makes me not feel good, even when I'm not, not yeah. dieting. Um, but yeah, like I'll definitely, and that's not after weighing. Obviously after weighing, I'm still very strict with my food. I'm very, very um, smart with what I do after my weighing because I do have to fight. Um, I usually like having chicken broth soup and stuff to replenish everything if I've had to do a bit of a dehydration and I eat clean um, carbs again, like I said. But yeah, probably like I don't really drink, but um. I think, I don't know what it is about this camp, but I feel like I just want to have a smash a nice cider with some ice. Yeah, right, <laughs> that's because the sun's coming yeah, out. Yeah, right, probably because the sun's coming out. Probably drink like two, three times a year, but I just feel like smashing a cider uh, with some ice and um, maybe a Big Mac and some chicken nuggets. And uh, But um, or just having a happy uh, family meal, not, 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 not a McDonald's family meal, just having <laughs> a, <laughs> maybe that too. No, but sitting down and having a family meal, a home-cooked family meal and with my family. not having to watch what you're... Not at. having to, you know, really watch the sauce or or whatever it may be. Like, just have a, you know, a good, um, you know, meal with mates and um, wholesome meal. I do like good good food. So, um, yeah, but... And that's it, really. That is always... Yeah. I mean, that is a hard thing to do. When, you, when you've got a fight coming up and they say everyone's going out for a meal and you have to sort of sit by and... Yeah, I'm telling you right now, I, I just... And I was never that great at it, but nah. I've got yeah, I've got friends who used to bring their own stuff to a I do, to a yeah, I do. And... Literally, I did that um, on... When was it? Oh, Monday. I just probably... Yeah, Monday, I took my food to um, lunch with my friend. But I don't I don't generally do that. I kind of gave up on doing that as when I was bodybuilding because it's just like, I'm just not worth it, man. I just... I couldn't be bothered. You have to live as well, right? Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, but I mean, I, I um, especially like sometimes I just say, yeah, nah. Look, I'm just I'm gonna pass. I'd rather just be at home at this point in my camp. I don't really like socialising. I'm not big on so like especially this close. I just want to sit down. I want to relax, eat my meals. I don't need anything in front of me, like or or any energy or you know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> anything to piss me off. Fuck, I want that cake. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just try and limit limit the exposure to it. I suppose. Um, and that does help mm. with my discipline. So it's just putting yourself in situations, you know, yeah, getting away from it. I definitely couldn't go out um, and watch people drink. <laughs> yeah, it's always a hard one, as I say. Probably want to knock some people out. Shut up, you with, um, <laughs> yeah. with, with that side of things. So maybe a night out. And you're, what we think we're all going to be fighting earlier on, on Saturday night, so you might even get a chance to have your side of then. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I mean, um, definitely, um, if I have a, I'll probably, I'll probably get drunk off one side because I really am a lightweight big time. And then I'll be like, 
just yelling, take their fucking well, I found, head off. I found, like, after <laughs> Lock him out. <laughs> I found after I'd had a fight, you'd have like one or two beers. And you're pissed. And, yeah, <laughs> and that's probably because I'd been dehydrating myself. Yeah, yeah, probably. Far, far too much. Yeah. And, I uh, mean, it's also, I think, the, you know, if you won or whatever, the adrenaline as well, yeah, you're still you're pumped, pumped in, from yeah. the fight. So you kind of... Yeah, definitely. But, um, you know, I'm not, like I said, I'm not really a big drinker. I don't, I, it's not really good for the body. And um, I actually don't really like being drunk. But um, sometimes you just got to have a drink here and there. I think when the sun comes out, it's hard to avoid. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, um, you know, going back to sort of what we were saying earlier with, um, you know, the, the governing bodies, do you, do you think it'd be a good idea for there to be some uniformity across the boards with, you know, if yeah, WBC, IBF, WBA, yeah. and WBO all agree, you know, we're going to have 30 day, 10 day weigh ins yeah. and a maximum seven pounds you can put on, or a maximum yeah. 10 pounds you can put on over the, yeah, yeah, for fight day. Do you think that would decrease the risk of fighters, you know, hurting themselves? Because, you yeah. know, when you get to that excessive hydration, the yeah. water, it's water around well, your brain that you're can, losing. Can I just bring, bring that up? Um, Davy Brown, mm, you know, um, exactly. Tommy Brown's brother, so Davy Brown. Um, who he passed away not long ago, uh, you know, a couple of years ago years now. now yeah. um, because of that dehydration, he did such a big weight cut. He dehydrated, he had no fluid around his brain, and so he died, like, from the fight. Like, mm. I don't know if it was in the ring or later on in a hospital. It was just, it was I, just afterwards. It yeah, was just yeah. afterwards, yeah. Like, I mean, like, that's, it's, it's, it's a real thing. And that's, and a lot of the, a lot of the deaths I think that happen in boxing are because of these weight cuts. Mm. Um, but, I, I don't know about the whole 30 day out one uh, I, I mean the 10 days uh, 10 days would be good but um, I definitely think the limit on how much you rehydrate. can put, re, rehydrate because if you've only because for example if you know if, you've only got that to play if with if you've only got that to play with you're not going to you can't dehydrate more than that mm. you know like you, you shouldn't because you can't, can't put it all back on like you, you know so that would make people think a little bit a little bit more on like how much am I going to cut um, I mean with those ones that you're talking about 10 days out and 30 days out, like, I don't know how you can um, manage that. And I'm saying like, you know, you can have a bad day of weight or you can have like a, um, you know, a bad week. I've, I said all the time, sometimes you might not drop weight for, for a week and then all of a sudden you'll drop two, two kilos, you mm. know? So I think that's a bit, mm, but it just, I do think the whole putting the weight back on the limit of how much weight to put back on is, is cause then realistically you're all still going to be fighting roughly at the same weight. It's not like this guy's, yeah, you know, you're still fighting at the same weight. Yeah, absolutely. You know. All right, and I don't want to. I want to move on to the news earlier yep. than we normally would because there's a lot to talk about. But yep. one more thing I wanted to talk about on this side of the the show, um, with some fighters, and yeah, I definitely was in this camp. Um, yeah, I, whenever I got into got a fight announced, or whenever you knew someone was coming up, the focus for me immediately was right. I got to get down to fight weight first, or yep. got to get into shape. Yep. Um, in your opinion. Do you think fighters should come into a camp in shape and then the camp is about sharpening tools, game yeah. plans, tactics? Oh. Or do you accept that there is an element of, you know, you coming off some time off, you probably do need to lose a bit of weight? Yeah. So, look, I... Um, look, my mindset is you need to be always training. Like, you can't just be a champion for six... You can't just be a fighter for 10 weeks or six weeks or 12 weeks, however long your fight camp is. You need to be training... You know, on and like through the, I call it, I'll call it off season. Mm. You need to be always training and always staying in shape. Um, you know, if you want to be, it depends on your goals in boxing. If you want to be world class and you want to be the best that you can be, I mean, you should always be training. You should always be fit, always be learning. There's always something. No one's perfect. Mm. And if you're just gonna use, 
the, you know, those first, say, you say for example, you do a 10-week camp. You're going to use those first ten, five to six weeks getting back fit, getting back, you know, used to sparring, getting back used to training. And then you've only got really four weeks to, to sharpen things or learn things when you could have been, you know, or whatever it may be. I just, I definitely feel that these um, fighters that have long time off and they literally only come to the gym when it's a fight's been announced and like, okay, like, but in between that, they're what, partying, they're drinking. Like, really, do you really think you're going to you're gonna come in your best? Like, it's an, it's an all-around thing. Like, mm. you know, it depends on how professional you take it and how seriously you want to take it. Um, but I'm, I'm all for staying healthy and um, your body is a temple, looking after it the whole time, staying, not, don't have to come into the fight camp in condition because you, you don't want to be overtraining. You don't want to be always pushing it. Yeah. And obviously the amateurs do that, especially, you know, the elite and the rep boxes because we're, they're always it's fighting. It's always, always fighting. fighting all year round. But, it's crazy. But at the same time, you know, I was one of those. And what it is, is you try kind of always stay at about 50 to 60% fitness. And then, you know, a couple of weeks out, that's when you really pick it up yeah. for the fight. So, you know, so you're just staying kind of fit. I think as a professional, it's a little bit different. You're not fighting as often, but you should still be in the gym working, you know, not just taking time off, putting on 20, mm. 20 kilos, you know, and then coming back and having to train to lose weight rather than train to get get mm. right for the fight. And you never know when this fight might come up short You notice. don't know. And, and that's another thing, you know, like it's up to you, you know, short notice fights and stuff. These are also another things that go with weight like the whole weight cut stuff like you get four weeks to lose you know 10 kilos all of a sudden or whatever and that's where there's i wouldn't say exceptions but that's where there is kind of the gray area of you know the weight cuts and stuff like that but i i would say it just depends on risk over reward you'd have to weigh it up how much money you're going to make what's the risk is it really worth putting yourself through that and your body into those dangerous weight cuts for that fight um but yeah i definitely you know sorry going back on your question I definitely think you need to come into a fight camp with some condition because you don't want to be using the whole camp just to get to a base level fitness. Mm. You should always be holding a base level fitness. So it's just like, okay, the most camp you're focusing on sharpening up and practicing what you need to do for that fight and that, that particular, you know, opponent or whatever it may be, you know. Yeah, so it all, it's, it's all been bad news for lazy people in this show so far. Yeah, man, if you're going to be lazy, like, you know, just... You're in, in the wrong spot, <laughs> You're in the wrong spot, definitely not a spot yeah. for being lazy. You get, you get, you get um, shown up straight away in, that, in the ring, you know. You can't hide, can't hide in there. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, one, of the, it's one of those sports where you really cannot cut corners. No. There is no, no way around yeah. it. Um, and, yeah, if anyone does, you... You see it you fairly see swiftly. It. You know, if anyone's Don't, enjoying their time at the top, they, yeah, soon, they soon get cut exactly. down. Don't get me wrong. There's plenty of people out there that fight um, with these crazy weight cuts and they do well. But fuck, imagine if they didn't do these weights. Imagine, imagine if they had the right nutrition and they fueled their bodies correctly, how much better they would be, how much stronger mm. they would be. They wouldn't have these empty, soft muscles. A lot of the people say, sorry, going back on weight cut, like um, the weight divisions, they don't want to cut, say you don't want to cut so much weight because you lose your strength. I don't lose any strength when I cut weight because I make sure that I feel my body and I keep my muscles full and strong with lots of, with carbs, you know, because, because I don't want to lose strength. The only mm. reason you're losing strength is because you're cutting the fuel. Muscle, yeah. And so you're empty. So your muscles become empty. They come flat. They come soft. You know, how can you get power from that? They're not strong. Of course, you're going to be weaker. But if you do the weight cuts properly, then you're going to maintain a lot of your strength. You're not going to lose muscle and jeopardize muscle because you, you're starving yourself. Yeah. You know, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. All right, um, and we've uh, we said we're going to talk about training camps. We've mainly spoken about nu- nutrition, but in, in terms of the rest of, of training camp, you you say you're training two, three times a day. 
Um, how do you find um, the the rest of camp? Yeah, you know, what do you love? What do you love and what do you hate about the yeah, the the physical side yeah. of training? Yeah, obviously my favorite part of training is sparring. I wish I could spar every day. <laughs> yeah, you know I love sparring. You know, um, it's it's my favorite part. I get get to go in. I get to practice what I'm doing. Um, and you know it's the closest thing to a fight. I think sparring is really important. Mm. Um, obviously different kinds of sparring. Um, definitely my favorite. I don't like strength and conditioning. Um, because I hate lifting weights, like, and I, I my strength and conditioning coach, um, me from Ethos Performances, he knows that I um, that I'm not a big fan of, of doing the weightlifting stuff. So we don't really do a lot of like weightlifting. Yeah. Um, I know like they say strength and stuff. It's a lot of speed and power work, but it's still weights. I much prefer to do anything that's more conditioning, like you know throwing balls or doing sprints and things like that. Um, I don't know if you'd say I'm scarred from bodybuilding, but I mean, I just don't, I just don't enjoy lifting weights. Um, I actually didn't lift weights for up until really this year um, for strength and conditioning. And it's really not that much. Yeah. Um, and personally, for me personally, strength is not my issue. It's not, it's not something I really need to work on. I'm already really, I'm already very strong. So I think that's another reason why I'm kind of like, oh, why am I doing yeah. this? I'm already strong. You're training for endurance more than strength. Yeah. I mean, you got to train for speed and, and agility and um, reaction and, and conditioning, like fitness, you know, um, for me it's like speed and footwork and stuff that I would want to work on because the, the power's there, but I just need to put it together and obviously, um, you know, the boxing side of things, like my timing and, and not rushing in and, you know, that's one thing that me and Arnel have been, or Arnel I should say, has been trying to um, improve and work on with me through this camp is just um, being patient, being patient and all about timing, like it's all timing and it's, it's true, it really is, but I tend to just want to, punch on and, and go hard and um, I, I, I find when I'm like waiting around and trying to pick my shots I, I get a little bit bored um, because I'm just you know it's not I just like that high pace I just I really do like I like to this high pace stuff but um, we're trying to change that and we're trying to just um, be smart and um, show patience and um, you, know, those, you know pick the shots the knockout shots rather than just um, over overpowering and over overbearing your opponents with punches and just yeah. being more accurate being more accurate and not so crazy he calls me the tazzy devil it's like go in there and be, don't go in there and be like a tazzy devil like crazy yeah. <laughs> but yeah it's always exciting don't get me wrong it's very exciting but you know there's you got to be smart and um it's just that's my biggest that's my biggest thing that i want to be working on myself as well patience and um yeah staying calm oh i was only a few days before we get to see that yeah movie. so or, hopefully it all comes out or now. the um the fruits of your labor during yeah. this training camp will, will come to on on the weekend <laughs> Um, so anyone who say hasn't got tickets yet, yep. this Saturday, October twelfth, Punch Bowl. Um, you get them from Paul Nazari, Paul neutral, Nazari. neutral yep. corner fight promotions, or you can get in touch with Ebony on her Instagram. Um, she's going to take a short break, and then we will be back for the news and reviews from the last week. Welcome back to part two of episode three. Um, we're going to review the latest news um, from around the world, um, and obviously here from Australia. We'll start locally. Um, probably the biggest news in Australia this week was that um, Jeff Horn exercised his rematch clause with Michael Zarafa um, so we expect now obviously to be at middleweight um, not a great reception from the <laughs> yeah. Zarafa camp on uh, on Jeff's exercise in the rematch what were your initial thoughts on on the reaction on the reaction or from the rematch yeah, yeah. I mean, or yeah. both what were your thoughts on the well, rematch well I mean look um I'm, I was, I'm happy for the rematch. It was a good fight, so I would obviously like to see it again. Um, but yeah, I can see the reactions. I was like, um, from Zarafa and um, Coach Sam LaBruna, you know, putting it all out there on social media, um, you know, calling 
Jeff Horn, un-Australian and all this kind of stuff, I can, I can, I can feel their angst like against towards it because obviously they've got the title now. They won now. They want to take it further. Mm. They, that's for them. It's like okay, we've, 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 um, we've crossed that bridge. So now yeah. we want the, what's next and overseas, you know, and to get bigger paydays apparently and and whatever it may be. But you know, it was in the clause, you know, for this rematch. They knew that it was a possibility, um, apparently. Mm. So, so I was, you know, heard. Um, and you know, um, Jeff Horn was a champ- was a champion. Um, you know, and and in a way, he does kind of deserve the rematch. Um, but you know, it's two sides. It's, it's, it just depends on which way you look at it. Like, yeah, you know, I look. I think as with anyone getting a shot at a big name you know as we see with Ruiz and Joshua there's you know you always expect that rematch clause yeah. in there because you say in theory they're giving them a big it. shot exactly. so it's like we give you a shot you give us the shot exactly. back the, you know, the, the times when we don't see it exercised is where it has been you know quite an emphatic victory which in this case it was you know yeah. it was a strong win for Michael and, yeah I mean you know, Jeff had his moments yeah he definitely had his um, moments he, you know like so a, there's there's certainly reason to believe that in the next fight that could be different. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, like, you know, watching that fight, Jeff was pretty was strong at the beginning half of the fight, I, I believe. Um, you know, um, it kind of was going really back and forth at the, in, the, in the earlier rounds. Um, it was just the way that Zarafa won by just completely hurting um, Horn in that round and just the way he kind of battered him in that in that, mm. that final round of, of, what was it, what round was it? Eighth round. Eighth, eighth, yeah. Um, he loves an eighth round. <laughs> yeah. Eighth or ninth round. Yeah, really. something like this, yeah. But um, it was just, you know, um, the way he made a horn look stumbling around and, you know, it was, he was very hurt. So, at the same time though, you know, um, I don't, I'm not saying it was a lucky, I'm not saying it was a lucky win by Zaraf. I know that they put a lot into that camp and they were very confident going in that they had the right ga- um, game plan, which it seemed to, you know, show and suffice. Mm. But, um, you know, to really solidify yourself as the champ and as to being better, why not take the second? What are you scared of? Yeah. You know, like, if you really do believe that you can beat Jeff Horn and that was a uh, genuine win, for example, and it wasn't Jeff Horn having an off day and it wasn't Jeff Horn not feeling himself and Jeff Horn going up a weight division or whatever... Then why not take the rematch to prove it? Like prove it. Like mm. I mean, not that you really have to, but what you know, um, I think that it's it's always good to solidify the win and your win by doing that rematch. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think like like, so like it, it goes both ways. Yeah. Andy Ruiz having to do it, and look, even yes, obviously under different circumstances, but I know. Jeff Horn's team were very open to and even contacted Pacquiao's team yeah, about, of course, about yeah. their rematch, rematch clause yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah. Pacquiao obviously had a rematch yeah. clause in his contract yeah. with Horn. Yeah. Um, so, or you like, expect that there was one, yeah. and you know they didn't want to go down that road, which yeah. is why we never saw that second fight materialise. Yeah, yeah. um, but you know, I think it'd be a good fight, and if he beats Jeff Horn twice, that's that's even know, better. Like it's, even it's really exa- puts you even higher. Exactly. And if you don't, well. Then I, you, you know what I mean. If you don't can't beat him again, then we have a trilogy. Then, Great. then uh, yeah, exactly. That'd be cool. But um, yeah, like I'm sure Jeff Horn's gonna come and, and and maybe try and do some adjustments. I mean, I don't really see many adjustments in Jeff Horn. I, I mean, think I think the best thing they said they can, is the the strength and conditioning, the nutrition yeah. is the big difference. Nutrition, yeah, definitely. Yeah, the, yeah, I think so because um, yeah, he was he wasn't looking very. Um, like he was looking heavy and slow and and whatever. But that generally happens when you go up weight class. Like I mean, look at um, I, I'll talk about Randall Quinlan. Yeah, or two. two sorry, classes, yeah. yeah. Like I know Randall Quinlan when he fights up that was it is it the he's light heavy. Mm, he's never he doesn't look all no, over the place. He doesn't. Yeah, yeah, but he doesn't look nowhere near as um, sharp and fast as he no. does at his as his middleweight and um. You and, know, and yeah, and I think that yeah, you can't just not train as hard or 
or cut that cut out. Yeah, you, know, you don't have it's, to cut out as much food. Or yeah, something like well, that. you I have mean, to build the the size because people at that weight definitely. are that size. We're well, talking about that. Sorry about my fight coming up. I just want to bring that up. Is I found this fight because I didn't have to cut much weight. Like I've literally only cut, cut a couple of kilos. Somehow in my head was almost like, am I even doing it hard enough? Am I even training hard enough? Mm. Am I am I doing this prep? Like am I being hardcore enough? Like it's kind of like well I'm not having to really diet, so I don't feel like. I, of course, I'm training hard, but I don't feel like it feels like I need to be a little bit more hardcore because, you know, like, and, and stress because that's what the dieting does to you a little bit more because you do that little bit more push, you know, with your cardio and stuff like that. So, of course, I'm training just as hard and I'm, and I'm eating very well. But, um, yeah, it was just a bit of a, a mindfuck for that as well. Um, but, no, I do think um, that, that this, you know, going back on the Horns of Rafa rematch, I think it's a great thing. It's a good thing for Aussie boxing. Um, you know, and I like what you said. If Zarafa does win again, which I think he can, he could, you know, definitely, mm. um, then you know it's going to make it even better for him and even bigger for him. It's going to be a very bad, bad day for Horn if he doesn't. So he's got a lot of line on the line as well. Yeah, and I think yeah, if Horn loses that fight again, and, and certainly if he loses in the same manner that he lost the yeah. first fight, it's yeah, it's very hard for him to yeah. come back. Um, well, definitely not come back at the level he's been. No, on, you yeah, because you know you go out and you lose to Crawford. Fine. Yeah, yeah, of no, course, yeah. It's, yeah. it's Crawford. Next level, yeah, um, of course. And you know, you have one loss to Zarafa, you can, you could, you could probably yeah, still exactly. pave over those cracks and go and get a big fight in America somewhere. Yeah. Um, off of, off of his name and off of what he's done before. If he loses to Zarafa twice in yeah. two domestic fights, yeah. You know, as someone from the outside, yeah. Or previously from yeah. the outside of Australian boxing, if I'd seen that on someone's record, you think two domestic losses yeah. in Australia. Yeah, yeah. Is... And and well, if Zarafa wins on the flip side, if Zarafa wins the two fights, then it's going to look even better for these out people in the outside oh, for absolutely, him. Absolutely, because he's dominated win. someone that like, beat Pacquiao. And... Beat Pacquiao, beat this, you know, went in with Crawford, and blah blah blah. Yeah, one hundred percent. You know, like, and I think that a rematch is also, um, like I said, I, I do like rematches um, of that kind of you know importance of these kind of fights because. I just want to throw in like Reynold Quinlan and um, Gil that fight right mm. Reynold Quinlan I wouldn't say like he was lucky like I mean he could fight but he got that lucky punch that knocked out Daniel Gil who was a champion yeah. you know what I mean but was that just a lucky punch like that wasn't proven because there wasn't very much like was that just a and you can have that in boxing where you do have and there's nothing wrong with that but I mean that fight then catapulted Ren to then having to step up step up step up step up step up and fight all these people you know then when maybe he wasn't really ready because he just got a lucky punch. Does that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Look, I th- you know, when you've seen, you've seen, we've seen Brandon in some absolute belting fights recently and, and over the years. And um, look, I remember that fight and it wasn't even on TV. So you've only yeah. really seen like yeah. YouTube footage and <laughs> of the fight. But, you know, I think, you know, speaking, I spoke to Daniel about it not long after the fight. And, you know, I think he mentioned that, you know, his head on the way down, it was more the, yeah, know, it was a double sort of knock. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, you know, Immediately, he was someone that had beaten Daniel Gill. And was like, whoa, like, now let's go fight yeah, Chris Eubank, let's go fight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, still getting big fights, but still, yeah. you know, still performing. Yeah, um, of course. All over the place. And he was in, you know, that insane fight last year um, with Damien Hooper. Yes. Um, which I think everyone, yeah, everyone loved that fight. You haven't watched it, go um, watch it. <laughs> Definitely worth a watch. Um, so, the, yeah. And he fought the, um, the, the, the stats, yeah. Buatzi, Buatzi, who... yeah, Joshua Buatzi brings us on to our next bit of news. So we've got like Blake Caparello and Joshua Buatzi coming up in in a few weeks. Um, we've seen Reynold Quinlan fight him, so yeah, yeah Australian viewers or keen viewers will, yeah. will know who Buatzi is. Uh, obviously, from the UK, I'm aware of of him and the hype surrounding yeah, Buatzi. 
Um, like twelve and zero with ten KOs. I and think. yeah, just very impressive. Yes. in in those wins, uh, he's fought on a lot of Joshua undercards. Um, you know, Blake Caparello's been in there, you know, with some of the best as well. He's been yeah. in there with Kovalev, and he's mixed it at a high yep. level. So. Um, he hasn't given anyone an easy night at the office. No, never. But this is definitely a fight where he's going in as the underdog. Yeah. Do you, um, what do you think about you know Aussies going out and you know say Quinn and now now Blake? Yeah, yeah, they're probably in their careers further on than Boatsy is. Yeah. Um, so well, they're, I mean, they're taking a big risk traveling to yeah. at this stage. Well, I know uh, Ren wasn't too far along. He was in a couple, a bit more fights than him. But I mean, he only had about three or four weeks' notice for that fight as well. Mm. And I think it was just more of an, an opportunist t- win to fight. So you know, he took it as a, I mean, as an opportunity to make some good money, no doubt. Um, and oh, I yeah, think I don't think it's the same um, as as the Blake fight because um, I think they've had time to plan. It's not oh like, yeah, I'm it's not a proper fight. Like, going over there, not no, no, to he's not. He's not going, not going there just for the money. He's definitely going over to imprint himself um, internationally again. And um, you know, really have this great step up fight. I think it's going to be really good exposure. Um, and I do think that it's, I think it's good for us for Aussies to take these fights. I would like them to see to take maybe um, fights a little bit more. Uh, I can't say it's even. Look, I'm not going to say. Uh, I don't think this is a very evenly matched fight. Um, but I do think that it would be good to see some Aussies come go overseas and not just go from. You know, he to then all of a sudden up as a big yeah, underdog. Does that yeah. make sense? Like, oh, I, I mean that's it. been my lo- probably yeah. my long term. I don't know if you'd call it a criticism, but sort of observation of of where Aussie boxing has, has really struggled, and it is that there's like a big gap. this that you you fight domestically, you have to bring fighters in, and you fight the top guys in Australia, and then next step is, is the top is like level, the legit whereas, top guys. Yeah, you know, growing up in the UK, you know, we've seen guys, you see guys come up. We see them, you know, build up through regional titles, English titles, British titles, Commonwealth, European, yeah. and then you know, then step up and maybe fight for you know a sil- one of the silver yeah. titles now. And a huge and a amateur backgrounds title. generally. Yeah, but even without that, if you've had yeah. all these steps up, you've had all these different title fights, yeah. and um, you know, there's a lot more. Not it's a lot more like stringent, a, yeah. yeah not and just the Lonsdale like a, belt's very respected yeah. in the UK, so getting yeah. a Europe, getting a British belt is, yeah. is a massive thing. And not just like a. An, an international belt or an Australasian belt against someone you, you, you choose from India or yeah, Asia. Or you, <laughs> you know what in, I mean? If like, you're winning like a, a New South Wales title or a, an Australian title against someone who doesn't live in New South Wales yeah. or Australia, yeah. then there's, there's question marks yeah. over the validity yeah, of definitely. that title. Yeah. I would say. Well, I mean, like not necessarily if they live like, here, but I they mean. could be. Like, <laughs> like if there's an Aussie based in England that came and fought yeah, for the title, yeah. I'd be fine with yeah, that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think, yeah, when you see like Aussies fighting, you know, I understand it's hard to sometimes find people and you get last minute replacements and it's yeah. if you can you don't want to take the title away from the fighter who's not yeah. pulled out or something like that. There are certainly situations where that's the case. But a lot of the times there isn't. But that's a lot the of the times there isn't. It's just to and, get the strap. Yeah, and I think the regional belts as well, maybe that's something that you know, instead of just getting a regional belt and fighting here with the, someone you've picked, you're actually... Proper fight. Actually having to actually, proper regional fights because, yeah. you know... Yeah, there needs like to be rated, has ups. to be rated fights, like rated fights, not just pick up, not not just have a, you know, I know there's um, oh, in the in the girls particularly, there's a lot of vacant belts, and you see a lot of the girls just fighting a, a regional belt, and they've just picked 
a, a debuter or picked some, uh, you know, a kickboxer that's never had a boxing fight or they've just picked someone at zero and 10 to come in and just so they can win and get the belt, like, I've, and because it's vacant, so, you know, you don't have to really fight anyone for it. I think there needs to be some legislation that if you're going to fight for a title belt, there needs to be top quality opponents. Like, it needs to mm. be, you have to be both, like, legit rated opponents, I, I believe. Yeah, no, know. absolutely agree. Um, so, um, Tilo, I think that's probably the biggest news domestically. Um, on top rated opponents and title fights, last weekend we had uh, the GGG uh, Derevchenko fight. Yes. Um, now, I've only seen clips of my daughter the weekend, so, yep. and I wasn't able to watch the fight live, um, and design of shut everything down that I tried to find. <laughs> um, but uh, you, you watched the fight. Yeah, I definitely watched um, it, yeah. The fallout has been, you know, the decision... Yep. Probably, Look, if it wasn't Golovkin, wouldn't have gone his way. Yeah, I, I, I definitely think... Um, Look, I sc- I had it scored one fourteen to one thirteen to Davidenchenko. Davidenchenko, yeah. Um, Sergi, I ought to say that because it's a bit easier yeah. to say Sergi. Um, I, I I had him because he got the knockdown, so that's why I, was, um, I had the one fourteen to one thirteen. Um, where without the knockdown, already one fifteen. I do believe that he he really showed maybe I don't know if it showed Golovkin's age or the new training camp and the new training. But it seemed to be not the same Golovkin. Definitely yeah, not. Jonathan Banks now, isn't he? Yes. So, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's, um, you know, he came out kind of strong in the first round, maybe a little bit strong in the second round. But then, the, um, you know, he gave um, Sergei that that cut. He got, got a cut. It was a pretty bad cut, actually. Yeah. But um, he had a great cut man to, you know, control the cut. And then... Um, you know, um, Sergey's known as a slow starter. He's a bit of a slow starter, so I think it was always going to be Golovkin was always going to ring those earlier rounds, and then um, Sergey was going to come through in those um, middle rounds, to the end rounds, and that's exactly what he did. And um, he had um, Triple G. If he wasn't on the back foot, looking kind of bothered because he doesn't know how to. Well, I shouldn't say he doesn't know how to box backwards. He hasn't really boxed backwards for a long time. Mm. You know, so he was looking quite uncomfortable. He wasn't doing that. He was kind of just sitting there in front, trying to trade, getting hit. You know, and he's quite um, tricky. That um, Sergey, like he was doing, you know, um, punch it like just high work rate. I think I can't remember how many punches he threw, but it was like a lot more than um, Triple G. The percentage wasn't um, as accurate, you know, but um, he was just non-stop on mm. him. Didn't give him space to breathe. Um, put applied constant pressure, and it was like Golovkin was um, just like, "What is going on?" I did not kind of expect this yeah. fight. And at the end of the fight. Um, even Golovkin in his interview said um, he maybe um, did under uh, underestimate him a yeah. little bit, um, and I think everyone kind of did. Um, yeah, and I've seen Eddie Hands come out and said that Golovkin's been ill for the last week. Yeah, we heard um, that. And Golovkin well, yeah. didn't want to come out and say that apparently. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. Um, because he didn't use any excuses. He did say at the end, you know, thank you. Like it was a great fight. Um, you know, I've I've learned a lot from this fight. Um, I'm gonna go have a you know take take home pretty much what I've learned and and work on things um, because it's a great lesson for me a great learning lesson for me and um, he respected um, you know his opponent very well and and then his opponent was very respectful as well he wasn't all there like blah 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 you know it was a very close fight it really could have gone either way but I mean I still think that it was um, I think I had um, Golovkin winning like maybe five rounds max like and that was me being swayish you know what I mean yeah so I could even say four definitely um, 
I mean, if he was sick, then you know he'll look much better in his and next fight, and then we'll, we'll know if you know that excuse can only really be used once. Well, to, yeah, it's true. And to be honest, I um I would love to see that rematch. It was an epic fight. If you haven't seen the fight, you should definitely check it out. It was another fight of the year contender. So we've had two great weeks of uh, of fights, or well, a couple mm. of great weeks of fights. We had the Spence Porter fight, which is a, a, um, a fight of the year contender, and now definitely this Triple G and Devin Yanchenko's fight. Yeah. Definitely another um, fight of the year contender. Um. So definitely check it out. This weekend you're going to give us another one. I so. am going to give you another one. Yep, got to you know. <laughs> Actually, and it's being streamed on Epicenter. It is. I it was is. Um, yeah. I wasn't sure if that was sort of public yeah. knowledge. I know. Obviously, we want people to turn up to the show. Uh, but yeah, that is being shown on Epicenter.tv. Yeah. So um, you will be able to watch that. Uh, anyone yep. who wants to see it live or or after the fact, if you're out on Saturday night, you can watch them and play them back yeah, as well exactly. on Epicenter. Um, uh, other news another big thing that happened over the weekend was the Clarissa Shields incident oh, yeah. Um, yeah someone sucker punching or yeah. sort of attacking her trainer yeah. just after the, the way Ivana's, Ivana's trainer we, we saw yeah, obviously words being spoken at yep. the weigh in and then yeah the fight's been called off yeah not, not what the sport needs no definitely not and definitely not for women's boxing like um you know, there was a lot of um, hostility at the Wayne's, um, and it wasn't even proper Wayne. It was just Clarissa checking her weight, um, like a test scale was kind of before. There was a bit of back and forth words, and then yeah, apparently ten minutes later, um, Bashir Ali, who's Ivana's trainer, gets sucker punched or cow punched, and you know he's um, smashed his teeth and broke his jaw, and he's getting facial surgery, and you know, had a bit of a bleed to the brain. Like it was pretty heavy, heavy stuff. You know, and um, there's definitely some footage of there of Ivana holding him and being quite devastated. And um, Clarissa initially was kind of, obviously in the moment, not as, um, what's the word, uh, empathetic or whatever towards mm -hmm. it. You know, she's still saying, obviously she wants the fight to go on and, you know, uh, Ivana's, you know, no excuses, um, should, should try and find another trainer, this and that. But I think she's realised that it's actually quite serious and it's definitely come from someone from her side that it's allegedly her brother that did it, which is... Mate, like I mean, that's, mm. that's that's and it's not Clarissa's fault. It's and she wouldn't have got, gone and ordered the hit, but you know it does look really bad. Like who does she have in her camp? You need to choose if you're a professional and for someone who is so highly regarded in female boxing, is supposed to be wants to be the quote and wants to be the face of female boxing. You know you need to really make it um, be smart of your choices because there's people watching you. There's a lot of young girls and a lot of people following you and inspiring to be like you. But if you have people around you that are like that. You know, you need to kind of think about what what you're doing. And, yeah, and it makes me think of the Durrells. Durrells, oh well, they're friends, right? And from what I um, I heard that, that that makes sense. It does make. Well, actually, when Durrells was a dad, dad that hit that guy yeah. after after yeah, the oh, punch uncle, the, I think. Oh, uncle, was uncle, yeah. Like, um, I think even Carusa semi, um, um, like supported that on online. Actually, this is a couple of years ago. There was a bit of support oh, towards okay. that, like saying, I've "Oh, well, you know, you know, shouldn't have." What sh kind of mental gymnastics you can do to? Yeah, you know, you shouldn't hit someone after the bell or, or whatever. So he kind of deserved it. Not those lines. I'm not quoting there, but it was. Yeah. So I mean, there's a lot of spe um, speculation on on Clarissa and all that kind of stuff, and whether or not, you know, she's making um, you know, the say the right choices as a she wants to be a champ and she wants to be set set this women's boxing, you know, be the face of women's boxing and all this kind of stuff. Well, there's a lot of things that come with that. And there's a lot of um, responsibility that comes with being a, um, a role model and being one of those uh, people that people look up to. You need to think like, okay, yeah, you're mad, you want to be ghetto and you don't want to change who you are. But at the same time, take responsibility of who you are and who you want to be. And, you know, think about 
the kind of words that you say and the kind of things that you support, mm. you know, and, and the, the image that you're going to put out. It's cool to be yourself and be, and be ghetto and all that kind of stuff, but there is some things that, you know, needs a little bit of a rain check, I think. Um, to be a people's champ, there's a lot of people that have very bad um, taste in their mouth on Clarissa, but, you know, like, I, I personally don't know her. Um, you know, I support her 100% because I support um, females in boxing, and I think she's going the right way. I just think, you know, she's, she's very hard and she's very tough, and she's, you know, sometimes there's some things that maybe you know, she could be advised on, but yeah. Yeah, and I think you know. it's just, like, you know, we see the examples, you know, where that Javonte Davis thing earlier in the year when that video came out oh, and yeah. all of that, and, and yeah, that, those sort of things being attached to boxing. Exactly, really and Sha- Shakira Stevens, um, when he apparently hit that uh, yeah. woman yeah. Um, at the purpose station or something, going to charge for the assault. Like, I mean, it's, it's always going to be around, but being a, myself being a female coming up in boxing, I know the kind of person I want to be, I know the kind of role model I want to be. If I was to be the face of boxing, I know that I would want to, how I would want to be, yeah. and I mean, look, everyone's everyone's and different. But I guess I, you don't I, want like female boxers to be thought of as all thugs as, yeah, and rough yeah. thugs. Like, I mean, hey, I'll tell people I'm knocking the fuck out, and I'll tell people I'm rough, and I'm gonna I'm gonna knock you out, and I'm gonna I'm gonna hurt her, and I, I like hurting people, and I do. But that's in the ring, you know. And 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 I mean, it's okay to be like that, like we're tough, but we don't have to be full like thug. Like, I don't know. Look, everyone's different. I have my persona and 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 whatever works, but um, you know um. I just, I just feel if you want to be a real, um, like Anthony Joshua for me is is the is the epidote, is that the word of 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 someone who's a good role model. Yeah. You know he's humble. Yeah. He gives yeah. back. He gives back. Like don't get me wrong, Clifton gives back as well. But I mean, like it's just that kind of people's champ. You want to be a people's champ, you yeah. know, or do you want to be? Do you want people just to watch you because they hate you? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, he's played that. Yeah, he, you know, he, he's assumed that, yeah. that role very well. Um, so yeah, we are running out of time. Yep. Just one final thing. Uh, we saw, um, you know, um, Joseph Parker had to pull out of his fight oh, yeah. with um, Derek Chisora um, in a very odd situation. Um, they believe it's due to a spider bite. A spider, uh, oh, a spider what? bite um, has ruled um, he, Joseph Parker out. He's in the UK in, now, though, um, right? No, he would have been, I think he's um, training out in the States. Oh, is it the States? Um, so bite? it's not even an, an Aussie wow. or. Because well, I was going to say, if we, have, we the, have deadly spiders, I couldn't believe it. You know, not... If you saw the gloves are off, you'd think that um, Australia and New Zealand are the same place. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, no, he has had to put out for a spider bite. So David Price has stepped in, um, which I personally think will be a, a belt-in fight as well. David Price looked very good recently. Yep. Um, yeah, obviously, always question marks over his chin. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think him and Derek will be a yeah, decent, decent uh, to, scrap. To be honest, anything with Chisora, I think, is always going to be a good fight. Um, he always comes, he brings a fight. He's tough, he's work, high work rate, and he's, you know, he's tough. I, I like watching Chisora fight, but he does kind of just come in and, like, plow and, 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 um, and like, you know, bully and um, brawl. So it will be interesting to see how it goes. And, you know, um, I think it'll be a good fight. So yeah, oh, he's been uh, amusing us for years. Yeah, and um, all right, well, that's really all we all we've got time for. So um, thanks as always, Ebony, for joining me. No, thank um, you. Enjoy this week. We'll be back next week where we can recap your fight. Yep. Um, and then we'll be touching on. I think next week we'll be talking about drugs in boxing. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's been a few instances in the news lately, so um, we'll be chatting about that and obviously recapping anything that's happened between now and then. Yep. Cool. Awesome. Guys, all thanks right. for listening. Absolutely, yeah. Thanks for listening. We are now available on pretty much every platform, uh, Apple, Google, Spotify. So subscribe, download, listen to all the shows. 
make sure you share it with any of your friends the more support we get the more episodes we can do and uh, obviously the more news we can bring speak to you soon awesome